all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics and Medical Director of the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Do you ever wonder if there's something that you can do to improve your memory? Do you think that it's gotten harder for you or your child to learn something? Is it a tension span, a learning problem, or something else? Today we'll talk about ways to overcome those brain difficulties and also talk about alternative treatments for ADHD and learning what may or may not be helpful. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and this is Relatively Speaking. So, I want to welcome everybody. Today we're talking about... How to make your brain work better, maybe. So, I'm throwing out some questions for you. Do you ever wonder if there's something that you can do to improve your memory? Do you think it's harder for you to learn something, or do you see that your child's having more difficulty learning than maybe they did last year? Do you think it could be ADHD or a learning problem, or do you think there's something else going on with you your brain, your child's, or maybe um, your spouse or your parent. Today we'll talk about some ways that you can overcome those brain difficulties, but we also want to go over alternative treatments for ADHD, what's out there and maybe what works and what doesn't. We're happy to talk about medicine today if needed, but what we really thought would be a good thing to cover is um are the alternative treatments and, and learning how maybe you can improve your your learning, your memory, your attention span, whether or not you think you have ADHD or other cognitive difficulties. And I've been saying um, we because I have a special guest who's been with us before, Dr. Dustin Sarver, who's assistant professor of pediatrics and a psychologist at our Center for the Advancement of Youth. Um, And he's going to help us. He's also, by the way, a researcher in several different areas, a clinician. He's lots of patients, and he's worked in the area of ADHD, cognitive issues, child behavior, and has a wealth of knowledge to share with us today. So welcome, Dr. Sarver. 
Well, thank you for having me. Uh, good morning. Good morning. So, today, um, we want you to join our conversation on all those questions I threw out. Give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So today, I thought what we'd do is is start maybe with um, how to make that brain work better for all of us. What can we do to hopefully improve our learning, our attention, our memory? And um, I ran across a couple of things as I was preparing for the show that I thought might be really interesting to to pull through. There was some writings by a psychologist who who talked about ways to make this better and I know it it was by Connie Malamedin but but this is something that I've seen written in many different ways. So I wanted you, Dr. Sarver, to help us kind of step through the the meaning of all this. And um, some of it talks about improving cognitive load. Some of it talks about um, making your learning experience better. There are several different things that um, that one can go to. But um, let's talk. We've got a, a caller already in. So maybe let's go on to the phones and hear what Vanessa in North Mississippi has to say. And then we'll come back on, on this learning. So, Vanessa, good morning. Thanks for calling. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to come on so quick. Certainly. Well, tell us what your thoughts are. Now, you have something about ADHD you wanted to talk about. I have a story. Um, and it started uh, a few years ago when I couldn't break away from the struggles I was having in personal life, and I couldn't put my finger on what was holding me down and holding me back, and I actually fell into a very deep depression. And you mentioned alternative ways from ADHD and uh, how to treat it. Mm-hmm. My journey put me on many paths, and I ended up taking medicine for ADHD. And I found that the medicine changed my life, Um, and I also discovered that one of the things that stopped me from the learning, being able to really grasp and withhold information, or being able to grasp and hold information for my memory was that depression, that sadness. Mm. I didn't have the confidence. I felt like I was, I felt like I couldn't learn, and then I didn't have any ambition, and it was a deep, dark place, so I, I I treated the depression but it didn't help. So I treated things for emotional discrepancies like bipolar. That didn't help. I found a doctor that felt like I had ADHD, so he prescribed me medicine for ADHD, and that is when my life turned around Hmm. and flipped me upside down. It was like I had everything backwards. I was able to retain information. Uh, Just this year, which would be three years now, I'm able to flip fractions around, and I can understand fractions, and now I have the courage to go to nursing school. Um, so it, the medicine changed my life, but it, there's one thing it didn't do, which was control the anxiety, and it made it worse. So I wanted to share that with you, that um, maybe there are some alternatives to the medicine, because now I'm finding that the anxiety is probably worse than it's ever been. But... As far as my learning and cognitive ability, it has absolutely returned. Yeah. 
after treating the ADHD and his wife. Vanessa, you have brought up um, like several good points all at once, hasn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me comment on a couple of things, and then I'm going to hand it to Dr. Sarver because I want him to expand on this. So, Vanessa, you brought up one of the, the great difficulties we have with the diagnosis of ADHD. It's one of those diagnoses of exclusion. Yeah, there's some tests that are helpful somewhat, no blood tests. They're all psychological mm-hmm. tests and rating scales. But but often the things, especially when you're dealing with older individuals, but also young, um, are there mood issues that are causing problems? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? And as you mentioned, some of the medications that we use, many of them, in fact, for the treatment of ADHD also can exacerbate anxiety. They may transiently help Mm -hmm. with depression, but um, they don't fix depression either. So, um, Vanessa, you brought up several different things. Um, The fact that you're on, you must be on a stimulant, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, So many times those stimulants do increase anxiety a little bit. And so we, we, those of us who are in the area of treatment of ADHD are always uh, looking at um, what's the more overriding issue. Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Uh, Or is it truly ADHD Mm -hmm. that's causing the anxiety? So go ahead. You know, one of the things about that that um, sometimes people don't realize is that uh, when you're taking something like a stimulant, it increases your focus, but it doesn't really tell you what to focus on. So in that case, it could be your anxiety anxious worries that come up and that in can just by being anxious consumed about those you know distracting thoughts might also pull your cognitive abilities below uh, even though you're you know taking something that's supposed to help with the focus but it, it doesn't really discriminate that's a, a really excellent point so if if your anxiety is all circled around whether or not I can figure out this darn math problem <laughs> then you're going to focus on whether or not you can figure out the math problem yep. so but it sounded like Vanessa you probably have what we call um, a comorbidity. You have some low-grade anxiety or maybe some high-grade, and at the same time, you had the ADHD. So, Dr. Sarver, um, medicine fixes um, somewhat ADHD problems. Um, You can have a different medicine for anxiety, but what might be better for that anxiety than Uh, another medicine? Yeah, and that I know a a little bit, pulling a little bit away from the um the good for for your brain but uh, in right. terms of f- fixing anxiety if that is really what's pulling maybe your concentration downs and preventing you from doing planning and taking care of the rest of your life and uh really ha- doing some uh relaxation training or you know some of the purely based tra- uh, treatments for anxiety would be like exposure and it, it depends upon what anxiety you may be having but those can also relieve some of those cognitive problems once the anxiety goes away if that indeed was the the basis for it all in the first place so whether that's mindfulness training mm-hmm. or cognitive behavioral therapy we can mm-hmm. talk about a little bit more as we go along um but Vanessa 
So it sounds like you probably need to get somebody to help you with that anxiety. And then the other things while we're going along is make sure you're getting enough sleep. You're oh, not yes. drinking too much caffeine. You're not using any other um, medications on top of the stimulant medicine. All those things are really important. Make sure you have a healthy diet and healthy nutrition mm-hmm. um, also. Uh, so, Vanessa, I, I'm glad you called. Did that help some? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, yes, ma'am. And I wanted you to know that part of, I've always had the anxiety my whole life. Mm-hmm. It was the inability to regain the gifted learner I once was after the ADHD uh triggered and kicked mm-hmm. in and I figured it out to be about fourth or fifth grade. Before that I was very gifted and had a lot of confidence in my ability to retain information. Yeah. Now ever since the medicine I realized I had major anxiety. But I've also been in an abusive personal relationship for fifteen years. So mm. I just made my escape from that abusive personal relationship uh thanks to act having something to open my focus back up, help me focus on what's important. Um, and uh, realize that now I've got to, I've got to control the anxiety. So the uh, the mention of doing things to help uh, exercise, relaxation techniques that would be great. And uh, getting healthy because the downside to medicine I would love to share with your listeners is the great, the good side is that you're going to see a loss of fear. The fear is going to go away, and you're going to feel like you can do things now. You're going to feel like you can trust what you've experienced. You're going to feel like you can trust what you've learned already. A lot of that rushing in of your own soul's recognition of being true and real in this world. All that's going to come back because it's all in your brain. That, that yeah. doesn't really help there. But the downside is <laughs> you might, if you have an anxiety problem, it's gonna, it'll exacerbate it. It may get worse. And you're so right, Vanessa. Well, I'm so happy that you you empowered yourself to get out of an abusive relationship. Talk about a major distractor. Mm-hmm. How in the Absolutely. world? Yeah. Wow. And, just, I, and for people who are going through that and having all that stress that builds on there, it really can take a toll, not just in uh, the – you know, in the current moment, really, can and those things can oftentimes even have uh, more lasting and long, long lasting effects. Um, you know, I was thinking in terms of uh, overall brain health, um, and uh, as uh, Vanessa had pointed out, um, struggling to retain things. And I thought it might be an interesting uh, thing to talk about. It's like kind of what uh, strategies people can have used uh, our listeners about, like what helps them retain more information over yeah, time. Yeah, we'd um, like to hear from from more about what you've used. To retain your optimal cognitive development. There you go. There you go. Um, But let's go on before we um, talk further about that to Cindy and Panatok. Cindy, you had some questions about ADHD or maybe some comments. Um, Well, questions. Yeah. Okay. So my son has been diagnosed ADHD, and like the girl before, he's been diagnosed with a high IQ. Uh, when we we put him on the medication, um, you know, we start off with Adderall. We ended up on Vyvanse. And, um, but in the summertime, I take him off of it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about going back onto it for school now. And he's, he said several things. One, he has a real concern that it's stunning his growth. Now, he's not small. He's not short. But so I still would like to know. What I can say. I mean, what is the percentage or what is what is the truth about that? Does it stop yeah. growth? Yeah. Second thing is okay. 
he said to me, you know, Mom, when I am on that medication, on the days that I don't take it, like on Saturday and Sunday, I feel super sluggish. I feel fat. I feel overweight. He is not fat. He is not overweight. But he feels this way when he's not taking the medication. And his deal is, you know, I don't know if the help I get and concentration outweighs these things or not. Mm-hmm. And so, one, I wondered if there were some alternatives to this medication. He's very active. He uh, exercises all the time. He's very, very active. So it's not exercising that's going to do that. He plays basketball and whatnot. Um, but is there something else that can help him uh, besides going on the medication? But I'm be honest with you. He went from a CDNF student to an all A and B student wow. on the medication. Yeah. Oh. So, well, let, let me answer a couple of your questions about growth, and then I'm going to hand it to Dr. Sarver about the, the other alternatives. Um, first of all, yes, indeed, we can see such a big difference with medication like that, and it'll instantly improve attention and concentration. Now, what it doesn't do is make that continue when you're off the medicine. So you go from being attentive and concentrating to back to the way you were. And so there probably is a big feeling of huge discrepancy between the two. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other issue is the the question about growth. Um, One of the top side effects of the stimulant medicines, um, at least for a transient period of time, is the diminished appetite. So if you don't eat, you don't gain weight. If you don't gain weight... In childhood, you are not going to grow upwards, um, especially if you're a thin individual. So so what you want to do is try to maintain optimal weight. I always, when I feel like there's a big change between on the medicine and off the medicine, um, you want to make sure that it's not blunting personality and uh, making sure that you're on the lowest effective dose. You want, don't want to be on such a high dose that you're paralyzed and all you do is read words. You want to make mm-hmm. sure you're still able to be interactive. Now, and, Dr. Sarver, well, yeah. And on that, um, you know, depends on what your target is, too. I mean, medications don't affect behavior, they don't affect cognition, and they don't affect your relationships or all the other things, academics, um, on a one-to-one basis. So you can have good behavior, but maybe not be their optimal cognitive zone and vice versa. And so, um, you know, I think do it being, as uh, Dr. Butcher is saying, being on that lowest dose that you can for what that target is is is, is good advice. Um, you had asked about some uh, alternative treatments, right. I believe. Right. And, um, you know, when we when we look in that, uh, for one, there are, there's not a magic bullet in terms of alternative treatments, um, as much as there may be with medication. That's uh, the one downside of being mm. a psychologist and having to admit <laughs> that. Um, but, you know, uh, there are different things we can do behaviorally um, that, that a lot of people have tried. A lot of this is skill building in kids quite honestly, or taking care of uh, and circumventing different cognitive um, disabilities. So if kids have short-term working, or short-term or working memory deficits, and then we might build an environment around that that's going to take care of that by breaking things down so that we're not overwhelming 
them. Uh, we might provide externalization of cues. So that means things like checklists, pictures, uh, charts for them to help see and where they're, it's not taxing uh, their their brain load as much. Right. Um, and, and by doing that and putting together plans and reinforcing that until you know kids have a skill set that they can uh, then navigate that that issue or whatever is um, that might be what is helpful and then you might even get into alternative treatments that, uh, that uh, help augment things like organizational or skills uh, organizational skills training so how do you use a planner I mean we don't come born innately at least maybe my wife did but um, <laughs> you know with a calendar but right Right. So there's several different ways that you can augment the learning. But the main thing to to remember is that you want to, if you're using medication, uh, lowest optimal dose mm-hmm. and to make sure there are no negative side effects that are going on. Uh, thanks for your call, Cindy. We're going to take our first break. Um, we are talking about how to improve your cognitive skills, how to make your brain work better, ADHD, alternative treatments. We'll talk about all of that. Give us a call. At one eight seven seven MPB ring, that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is relatively speaking. We'll be right back. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and this is Relatively Speaking. I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, and we're talking about how to make your brain work better. Um, ADHD, learning difficulties, just remembering things. What can we do to help? We want you to join our conversation. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're going to go right back to the phone. Dave's been waiting for a while. Dave from Tupelo, good morning. Thanks for calling. Thank you for having me. Yes, you have a comment about ADHD alternative. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm, I'll be 46 Monday. I've had ADHD all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, I took medicine, and then later on in my 30s, I think I started noticing that it was affecting me greatly. I used to have things that I used to do, and then eventually they stopped working, so I started taking medication. And then one day, I, a friend of mine told me about taking uh, 5-HTP, which is tryptophan, I believe, mm-hmm. with um, an amino acid L-tyrosine. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you know, how to take it, like 10 to 1 and blah, blah, blah. So I started taking it on a regular basis, and it has actually made a, a major difference. As a matter of fact, my wife said the other day, that she can tell that I'm not so anxious and I'm not so all over the place anymore that it's almost like I'm taking my medicine again. Hey, Dave, I have a question. Did you also have sleep issues? 
Oh, I've always had sleep issues. Yeah. So what you were taking was probably helping to improve your sleep. That's a precursor to melatonin. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I suspect that um, some of what you had, and you mentioned anxiety, because so many times um, it, it, it sounds sort of counterintuitive mm-hmm. that if you don't get enough sleep, you're more anxious, but, but that's real. Um, lack of sleep can affect your mood like crazy, uh, right? Tension, that's right. Yeah. right. I, and just you have things like whenever you're uh, – it sounds so strange, but that's just putting yourself on a, a strict sleep schedule can really benefit even alertness and attention. Um, and, and certainly some of the, the things that um, Dave was saying he was taking kind of help improve the sleep or mm-hmm. uh, even our precursors to things that are related to even um, anti-anxiety meds. So exactly. it's kind of not surprising that, David, you would say that, uh, you know, that your wife is even noticing some of the, those anxious behaviors going, going away. Yeah. So that's very interesting, great information for our listening audience yeah, to remember. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm also going to say that I believe that diet plays a large role in it as well because yeah. um, I started uh, about four years ago. I started an heirloom organic farm that I supplied to restaurants and disabled people and things like that. And I've noticed now that I have a more balanced eating regimen, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have made a difference too. Yeah. Yep. Good nutrition. And I'll just, well, um, since you mentioned that, I'll just throw in there's some evidence that omega-3 fatty acids um, are really important for attention span and learning, some Mm -hmm. issues about zinc. And we can talk further about diet as we move along. But uh, those are those are some really um, good. Of course, we want to stay away from pesticides if we can and, and the like. So. Um, thanks for your call, Dave. Let's move on back to, uh, let's go to Jackson. We have Sam who's been waiting. Some comments, Sam, about ADHD? Uh, yes. Now, I don't know a whole lot about ADHD, um, ADHD, but I used to be a pharmacy technician years ago, and also um, I'm a certified medical lab tech, and I love medicine. And I know, uh, uh, if I'm mistaken, they treat ADHD with a drug called Adderall. And uh, uh, as far as I know, Adderall uh, acts similar to like a methamphetamine, you know, like a speed lack in a sense, mm-hmm. and our uh, So a person going to have anxiety, they like if a person uses cocaine, they don't get stimulated, they don't have anxiety. And I would think something like a, uh, a good diet and uh, keeping plaque, you know, out of your body and drinking smoothies would help a lot, you know, vegetable smoothies. And uh, it's something like maybe a benzodiazepine to kind of counteract that anxiety you know, mm-hmm. so they can get some sleep. But uh, the long run, you should have a good diet, drink plenty of water, smoothies, and exercise and keep the plaque out of your brain. That's my comment. Well, thanks, Sam, for your call and your comments. And you said uh, something about smoothies, and I bet you're talking about just making a healthy fruit smoothie with lots of good, good for you stuff. Those are great. Now, let's go back to a couple of things you mentioned. Um, Yes, the stimulants are um, uh, near, like even drugs such as cocaine. The difference is the stimulants have a much slower uptake um, and drop off. Uh, the cocaine is one of those medicines that gives you a really quick, hard high and then a drop. And so um, the the stimulant medicines used for ADHD at, at 
a proper doses, um, do not do that. And uh, even the the long acting medicines are even better in that they give a much smoother increase and a longer duration of action. So they help you pay attention, but they don't have the abuse potential that some of the older medicines do. Certainly, we know that there is Adderall diversion out there and and all. Um, The other thing I just have to mention real quickly is um, Dr. Sarver and I both were going, no benzodiazepines to counteract the anxiety that you have for the stimulant, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it seems uh, we always want to avoid... you know, throwing combos of, of different medications out there, especially whenever, uh, maybe if it's in the absence of, uh, you know, professional diagnosis or monitoring of, of that. And, and, and I certainly wasn't, don't think that you were advocating that. No. But uh, just as a, a kind of a, a, a PSA for our, for our listeners out there. Yeah. So a benzodiazepine um, is certainly a drug that's used for drugs that are uh, class of drugs used for the treatment of anxiety. The problem is they can be addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, they You develop like a tachyphylaxis. That means you kind of get used to the effect, and so you have to keep going up on the dose. And so we try to use those only for short-term problems. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um let, thanks, Sam, for your call. You brought up some good points. Um, let's go next to William, who's on the road, and you are talking about, I guess, ADHD, but no meds on jobs. So talk to us about what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, so actually, I guess I would say I have ADD, uh, and I can't really, when I have a conversation, I kind of, I'm all over the place. If... Uh, I could go to a movie, watch a movie. I couldn't tell you the name of one character in a movie. But what's going on with, over the road, you have a Department of Transportation physical. In the beginning stages, they wouldn't let you take anything because it had amphetamines in it. And so I didn't know if there was any new medication out that would qualify for me to take um, so it would be legal to drive. And um, my wife has ADHD, and I tried it for a couple of days, and it made a world of difference. Function like a normal person. Um, so, that is, so my question is, are there any medications out where I would be able to drive and take a test? Well, um, yes, there are some out there that are have been studied and are helpful for ADHD, atomoxetine, the trade name Stratera, um, there's Capve, there are others that are out there, Effexor, um, in adults, in Wellbutrin. There, there are several other medicines out there, Mark, but I would highly encourage you to have an evaluation done and make sure that that is really what's going on because you, you talked a little bit about some other issues that are going on. Yeah. Um, and, and, and certainly even within those, uh, this is something that we that sometimes we don't really think about in terms of driving um, is one of the big ones. With But with ADHD meds in particular, uh, it's not that it can help when it's active, but sometimes you can get some uh, even adverse driving behavior uh, when the, the meds are kind of tapering off that uh, and, you know, they usually taper off around um, the five o'clock hour, you know, when we're driving. And so um, I think, you know, echoing uh, what Dr. Butcher is saying here about 
let's you know, maybe get think about getting an evaluation, make sure it's exactly what's going on. Uh, that way, you know, as you're driving or others driving, that's, um, you know, we have the right, you know, uh, the right treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, Mark, too, is with um, drivers, rem- uh, I know many of you guys uh, often push yourselves a bit mm-hmm. and make sure you're getting enough sleep. sleep. Make sure there's not something else nutritionally going on. If you're in the truck a lot, are you getting enough exercise movement? Are you getting enough sun? Um, all of those things can affect what's going on. And by the way, just for our listeners, um, there are a lot of a lot of other things that if you take a stimulant transiently, it will improve your attention span. But you want to be careful about using a medicine as a trial for a diagnosis. You need to make sure you know what's going on. So we're going to go on. Thanks, Mark. Good luck. Um, we're going to go to our next break. Uh, we're talking about making your brain work better, um, how to treat ADHD perhaps with something other than medication. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. Uh, we've got a couple of callers waiting. We'll be right back after the break. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about making your brain work better. And ADHD and other treatments other than medication, what can we do to help ourselves? Um, So we're going to go right back to the phones. We have Mark in Tupelo. Mark, you've been so patient. Thank you. You have some uh, questions maybe about ADHD and older adults. I do. Thank you very much for taking my call. For my entire life, I've had real classic symptoms of ADHD. For example, I dropped out of high school and and my son was diagnosed, so I'm somewhat aware of the of some of the symptoms. And I did go back and go to school and do my uh, GED and undergraduate, some postgraduate work. But I had substantial coping skills, and it seems like as I get older, it's a little more difficult to maintain those coping skills. But I just wonder, do you ever start a treatment? Is it ever appropriate to start a treatment when you're in your early? I'm 62. Okay. Well, I know doctors. So- I've always dealt with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, could I just maybe clarify uh, with yeah. you, Mark? Uh, when you say treatment, are you talking uh, non-pharmacological uh, or are you talking farm? No, pharma- no, I'm talking about Adderall. My son takes Adderall, and and I just wondered if if you ever if you ever take up an attention deficit medication such as Adderall or one of the similar drugs at my age, do you start that? 
Oh, gosh. I would hope most examiners would be a little reticent to do that until they really made sure that, one, there were several other things going on as far as making sure that there's no other health issue going on. It sounds like you have a family history. But due to the fact that uh, you you want to make sure there's nothing else going on, I'd, I'd want to make sure, be very careful about that. Like, do you have any high blood pressure? Do you have any cardiac issues that are ongoing? Um, could there be some thyroid um, issue? Or like we talked about earlier, sleep problems. And then I wanted Dr. Sarver to take just a minute to talk uh, to our listening audience and you too um, about some of those other ways that you can help supplement your attention span. Why don't you mention a couple yeah, of those? Uh, so Mark had a great phrase describing coping skills. Right. So and whenever and the, this is just a wonderful um, theme of asking about attention and, and aging and being an older adult. Um, what we do know is that attention span and memory it decreases. Um, we say linearly, so um, over time in a straight line, really on average, um, from our early twenties. So uh, we kind of peak out in that young twenties, and then from there, um, I don't want to say it's all downhill, but, but you. Know, no, I definitely hope not. Uh, hope not, right? But uh, you know, if you look at overall, about ten to fifteen percent each uh, decade. So you know, each for if I look back into my twenties, or you know, now I'm in my thirties, and uh, I look forward to the the next few years, you can see some. You know, expect kind of ten to fifteen percent each year, kind of um, going down. Uh, but um, I, I will say there are things that. Like Mark said, coping skills that help circumvent that for so us. So let's hear about them. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things I liked uh, that are really helpful is especially um, what we call externalization of information. So when I say externalizing, I mean really not keeping it all up in our brains. So we can only hold so much. And so if we put it il- elsewhere for either reminding us or uh, uh, externalizing it so we can see it, it can really help cue us and remind us things to do. So we're not having to just chunk it all in, up in there. Uh, things I like to do are uh, automate things. So um, I've I like to, for example, taking out trash or uh, having to do certain chores, putting on your phone just to remind it and just setting it as a always a making a list. Right. Uh, I have a great example, a per, maybe a personal example on this, uh, Christmas gifts. I'm actually very I'm horrible at getting Christmas gifts, partly because I don't remember what people say. Um, so I have an app on my phone that is a Christmas list. And every time I hear something from a family member saying, I would like this, I'd want that, instead of t- trying to dedicate that to my memory, I open up the app right then and put it in. So mm-hmm. then come Christmas time, I can go then and look at that. I don't have to remember it anymore. So I mean, that's a good example of an exter- externalizing things. Um, for younger kids, it might be just um, putting it uh, a checklist with pictures and reminding of this is what you do next um, after you complete you know this first step. Yeah. Um, so lists are a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there there are a few other things that that are out there that you could do. Um, making sure you're paying attention. Um, write things down um, as you're listening to them. Doodling seems to be helpful, actually, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. You yeah. Take your mind off what's going on in that moment to kind of free up some space to listen, actually, is what yeah. doodling does. So back to the question, Mark, about medicine or not at 62, I would encourage you to try to use other 
um, measures, especially if it's not affecting your day-to-day life. It's If it's mm-hmm. affecting your day-to-day life, go in. Have an evaluation done. See a psychologist. Okay. Let them talk to you about it. And then make sure you've had your annual checkup and mm-hmm. make sure that you're healthy <laughs> and, and ready to pay attention. Okay? All right. Thanks, Mark. Let's go um, next to, uh, is it Liness in Jackson? Liness, thanks for being patient. Hi. Hi. Um, and it's Lenise. Lenise. And you had some questions about memory pills. Yes, yes. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, you hear it all the time about, you know, the older we get, our memory, we can't remember things as well as we once did. So my question is, is the Prevagen... And the things like active mind, are they good sources to take, you know, to help you remember better? Would you recommend them? And if not, why not? You know, because you can buy them in Walgreens, CVS, anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking probably, now Prevagen, I'll have to look that up to know exactly what that yeah. contains. Sounds like if you can buy it over the counter at Walmart, yeah. probably you're talking about supplementals. Um is what right. it sounds like. Right. Some herbal supplemental. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been several of those herbal agents that have been purported to perhaps help with memory. Some of them contain ginkgo, balboa. Um, some uh, contain valerium. Um, some there, there are several different. St. John's wort has been mentioned in the past. Um, and nothing has been proven to really make a big difference mm-hmm. for um, ADHD or improving memory. And, um, you know, I think that if you're missing a supplement, back to what we were talking about as far as omega-3 fatty acids, I don't know if I mentioned earlier zinc, but mm-hmm. zinc is another um, supplement that you can get from foods that can seems to help with inattention. Mm-hmm. But you have to be very careful about those um, herbal supplements because they can interact with other medicines, mm-hmm. they can cause other side effects. And sometimes um, even uh, other ingredients that are in there are not necessarily listed on there. And so uh, I think you, have to, uh, you do have to be very careful about it. But one of the things that I, as I'm here, as we hear a lot of these calls talking about medications or things that we can take um, to improve our memory or attention, I, I think sometimes uh, we, we miss the fact that those things, even if they do help, they might not help for everybody, but there are things we can do like cope, uh, as Mark had said earlier, coping skills or different take different strategies. That are, the effects in just doing those simple coping skills or coping strategies actually are lar- tend to be larger than just taking something that uh, that uh, like a vitamin that might help. And sure, things like vitamins are great; they're good for us, but they're not going to help us on a day to day basis. Whereas maybe making some uh, short term goals of things I want to accomplish and then prioritizing that might actually make a day to day basis uh, change for us. Right. It's just um, like the biofeedback, um, that kind of thing. We we can talk a little bit about that after um, we get to our next caller. But biofeedback is mm-hmm. one of those. It's been shown to be helpful, right? Yeah. I, but I, I, transiently. Transiently. Yeah. I think, I, you know, as a researcher, I kind of, uh, I look at evidence and I used to, you know, ask me five years ago, I probably would have said, nope, don't do that. Uh, now I would say, let's wait for some more stuff studies. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some things coming out that say it might help, but it wouldn't be my first go-to um, as yeah. a treatment choice. Yeah. 
So um, what I would encourage you uh, to do uh, about the memory pill question is to make sure you know what the ingredient is, really research it. Probably I would encourage you to ask a medical provider mm-hmm. who really knows what's in that. And if you want to send a, a question in to um, family at mpbonline.org, I'd be happy to look into it and research it for you. Uh, Linus, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your call, mm-hmm. and thanks for listening. Okay. okay. Well, let's go to, um, is it Colleen and Biloxi? Hi. Hi. Thanks for waiting. You've got a yes. comment for yes. us. Yes. Um, I'm a pharmacy student at William Carey, and I just had to make a quick comment on um, methamphetamines um, and amphetamines, mostly amphetamines used for ADHD at this point for people with ADHD. Um, So the first thing that I was kind of thinking about is like stereochemistry, uh, where you have, you know, if you imagine two trees and the the leaves on the trees are rotating either clockwise or counterclockwise. And those are in chemistry called enantiomers. So with methamphetamine, you have two enantiomers. One of them causes you to have the euphoric effects that we think of when people that, you know, with people that abuse methamphetamine. Right. The other doesn't produce those effects, but is used in um, nasal de- some nasal de- decongestants and things like that, um, and actually a Parkinson's medication, too. But so when you take methamphetamine, your body turns it into amphetamine. And it, depending on the type of amphetamine, so if you're talking about the drug type that you know people like to get high on, it actually turns it into um, amphetamines in the body. So... If you're taking amphetamines as a prescription, you're really just skipping that step of the conversion. And the therapeutic index is so incredibly narrow because of the high abuse potential due to that. You know, how good it feels if you take too much of it. It, it, I just feel like really grateful to hear on air today when people are calling and asking you, should I take these amphetamines? Should I try my son's amphetamines? I love the fact that you are telling them, well, let's try something else first. Yeah. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, figure out another solution because I, I feel like everywhere I go in Mississippi as somebody from Montana, it's like everyone says that they have ADHD with some sort of, of badge of pride or something <laughs> like, well, and, oh, I just don't understand the overprescription of these drugs and the fact that everyone I talk to down here seems to believe that they have ADHD. <laughs> Well, I mean, th- first off, thank you very much for the uh, the comment and uh, feedback, positive feedback about uh, us recommending um, alternative things. Um, you know, about that question is like you know, in terms of over over prescription. You know, uh, I'm originally from the South. I'm from Arkansas, but I spent time. Um, uh, other places. And one thing I can say is that when we look at things like the Centers for Disease Control uh, statistics, Mississippi does have one of the higher rates of ADHD medication usage among, at least at least in kids. Yeah, we're um, in the top, top three. Top three for yeah. sure. Um, part of that is uh, an absence or, or lack of resources for the alternative. Um, and I think um, things... Behavioral uh, the, therapy. Behavioral therapy. Or the, cognitive. Exactly. Right. Uh, and so, th- uh, and that's both for adults and for children. And so I think with having that, you know, lack of resource, uh, physicians, in my mind, even as a psychologist, means that they're doing a good job of at least trying to address what they can do. And and I think one of the side effects to that, uh, pun intended, is that we ended up, we, you know, tend to have a little um, higher rates in our state. 
Yeah, and um, Colleen, uh, thank you for your chemistry lesson. Mm-hmm. That was that was very very well said and and good information. Um, at the same time, I want to make sure that everybody understands we are not saying don't treat ADHD mm-hmm. with medication if needed. Um, it can be life changing. It can be very helpful. And I have I have treated ADHD. All my life, all my adult life um, for children. But one must be very careful about about the evaluation. Make sure you look at other alternatives that might be helpful before you go to medicine. Mm -hmm. Certainly the behavioral treatment is really, really important. And, um, yeah, I do think we have over-medication use. And so we need to to figure out why we're doing that. And I think one of Dr. Sarver's explanations is a good one. You know, if you have the proper interventions, you're more likely to to be able to um, have the proper behavioral treatment. If it's not there, it's then what do you do? Exactly. So, um, well, and that might be a good segue in terms of like, what do we, what do we do in terms of if we don't have those availability? What what might people uh, try doing on their own that can be uh, doesn't cost much or it maybe even be free? Uh, one of those things is uh, it kind of goes along with just that being a, having a general healthy lifestyle is is indeed exercise. You can get some lasting cognitive improvements uh, just from having a daily exercise routine. Uh, even it, you know a lot of us get cooped up in the office, taking a, a ten or fifteen minute break to go walk upstairs. Not only will that help us burn some calories, but it can also boost our attention and alert. Exactly, and and those things don't really that doesn't cost anything. So, right, right. Okay, we're going to go to our next break. We are talking about making our brain work better. What can we do? How can we overcome some of the inattention? We are happy to take your calls. We still have uh, some plenty of time. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Certainly, if you have question about medication, we want to hear from you, and we want to hear from you about your thoughts on what we should be doing better. We'll be right back. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver. We're talking about... ADHD, how to make our brains work better. And um, coming back from the break, we were just talking about the fact that uh, Dr. Sarver is going to tell us a little bit about um, a couple of those brain training things you might have heard about, and then we'll go to our next caller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we we're talking about like kind of what can we do that's uh, maybe an alternative treatment. And one of the things that's really popular nowadays is uh, what we call brain training. Uh, you, this comes in a variety of forms. Some of it is uh, 
app-based or online-based. You may have even heard things. Uh, one of the more common ones is luminosity. We see things like that all the time. These are little, uh, think of them like video games to help the cell train your brain, uh, right. either improve memory or attention span. Uh, one of the things that I think is important for our listeners to know to that is that there is, um, while there's actually a lot of science out there on there, uh, the science tends to be, pr- um, at least in my opinion, uh, showing that those things will help you do really well on those games, uh, <laughs> but they don't really help out in other areas of your life. Ah, so uh, they so don't generalize. They don't generalize. Yeah. Uh, I like to give the, when I'm talking to parents or talking to um, adults with ADHD, I like to give the example, if I play Mario Kart a lot, I might get really good at playing Mario Kart, but I'm not all of a sudden going to learn how to uh, you know, fly an airplane or to do, do, your a, algebra. do my algebra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Thanks. Well, let's go um, on to Susan and Wesson. Susan, you had a question about ADHD or cognitive training? Well, I have uh, just had a comment about a supplement, uh, actually Mm -hmm. two supplements that would improve memory. Uh And one of them is alpha-lipoic acid, taken at about 600 milligrams. Per day, and then acetylcholine is taken at about a thousand milligrams per day. There are peer-reviewed studies that they do help with memory, and I really think, uh, actually, I think the medical community is negligent to not tell people about these supplements. Um, I assume that there's no profit motive there, and that's why people are not being told this a lot of times by their doctors. Now, I've used them about six or seven years. Um, I had some. Um, I noticed my memory getting poor after I'd had some sleep loss and then surgery. Uh, and so, uh, I, but it made such a dramatic improvement that my coworkers could tell my memory had improved. And um, like I say, the, there are many studies that, that show that they do improve memory, especially taken together. Um, so, yeah. Susan, there are a couple of um, there are some studies that have looked at that um, in the peer scientific uh, reviewed journals. Um, it it appears that if there are deficiencies there, then certainly it is helpful. Um, so that's where the question is, if you have deficiencies. So back to the the old issue about just making sure that you have good nutrition, that you have a good broad nutritional base is, is really, really important. And I, I really don't think, I, I know... For me, um, I don't get any profit from any treatment that I do, none whatsoever. So I want to make it very clear that the majority of physicians, certainly it's it's very difficult mm-hmm. to have a, a pharmacy and a profit um, out of that because there are so many laws that push push you away from that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think... I don't know if you uh, and, have any other comments no, on that, uh, Dustin. No, absolutely. Uh, even things like uh, what you had mentioned earlier before, like the omega-3 fatty acid, uh, acids, uh, it's a lot just like any other kind of vitamin. It can We don't see it work on a day-to-day basis, but hopefully it works over time. Right. Um, but in a, even then, it tends to be those people who are deficient and maybe in that as a, a source of nutrition. But there's not a blood test that's really going to go out there and tell us whether or not you are. And uh, so it's, right. it's one of those things where, you, you know, it's kind of... In some ways, it is a little bit of a trial by, uh, you know, 
trial basis. But Right, right. Well, thanks to our listeners and our callers, and certainly thanks to Dr. Sarver. Thanks so oh, much thank for, you for being having me. It's been with wonderful. us. Well, thank you. Today's show is engineered by uh, Michelle McAdoo, our call screener, Jared, our intern, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and thanks so much for being with us today. I hope you'll now stay tuned for NPR's Here Now, coming up next on NPB Think Radio.